It's great to watch children at Christmas time. Those of you who have very young children, toddlers perhaps, you know, Christmas is just such a delight. But if you do have those toddlers, it's, it's kind of fun to watch them open Christmas presents. The real little ones, you kind of even have to show them how to rip open the packages and, and so on. But uh, as they do, if you have the, the small ones, you will notice that they have as much fun playing with the paper and the box that they do with what's inside. In fact, they may be totally oblivious to what is inside because of the fun of playing with the paper and the box. This morning we've been talking about being distracted from the true meaning of Christmas. Now we're probably beyond the paper and the box, but nonetheless, you can focus on manger scenes, you can focus on the angels, you can focus on all of the surrounding circumstances, which are quite incredible, they are miraculous, and as you focus upon them, it's quite easy to lose sight of the message that the angels gave that particular Christmas morning. Certainly our, our world does that. Uh, they send out Christmas cards, and some of them have the most beautiful scenes on the outside, but yet so many of the individuals that send those cards don't know the true meaning of what Christmas is all about. Our text this morning, if you turn with me, is Luke chapter 2, and the key verse that I'm going to be expounding is, in fact, Luke chapter 2, verse 20. Luke chapter 2, verse 20. And I am just going to be uh, dissecting that verse for us this morning to help us focus on what is the real reason to rejoice at this Christmas season. So Luke 20 reads as follows. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. So our text begins with these words, and the shepherds returned. Where were they originally? Verse 8 tells us that they were in the same region where Jesus had just been born. They were in the area of Bethlehem, probably about two miles outside of Bethlehem on a hillside, if the field of the shepherds is in fact the place where the shepherds originally gathered. What had happened? According to verses 9 and following, it reads as follows. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Where did the shepherds go? They went to Bethlehem. Notice verse 15. 
When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem. Why did they go there? Well, they went to see the babe that was born. Verse 15, that we may see this thing which has happened or which has come to pass. They went because they believed the angelic message concerning this child. I just point out to you that that does not state, let us go over to Bethlehem and see if this thing has happened, but rather they say affirmatively, let us go and let us see this that has happened. What did the shepherds do when they got there? Well, first they searched for the baby, verse 16. They went with haste. They found Mary and Joseph and the baby, which means they had to search for him. They had to look around. And then they found them. And having seen the baby and the circumstances exactly as the angel had described, they spread the good news of the message that they had heard, verse 17. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. For that was the proper response to the message that the shepherds had received. For they were told, verse 10, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings, great joy, that will be for all the people. So they shared it with others. What were the shepherds doing upon their return? Answer, glorifying and praising God, verse 20. Herein their actions are like that of the angels in heaven. For we find in Luke 2, 13, that they are praising God, and they are glorifying God in the highest places. With that background, we want to look at the rest of Luke chapter 2, verse 20. And notice three reasons that the shepherds have for glorifying and praising God. Three reasons for their glorifying and praising God. The first reason that the shepherds glorified and praised God was because of all that they had heard. All that they had heard. The angelic message is central to the text. Luke 2.11 For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. That is central to this passage. It's central to the text. It's central to Christmas. And it's central to their praise and honoring and glorifying God. That message we look at how the message is introduced, verse 10. The angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. The angels begin by saying that there is no reason to be afraid. They're simply coming to bring a message. That message is described as one of good news and a cause for great joy. That message is coming to the shepherds, but it is for all people. With that 
introduction, the message is then delivered. Verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. There are three significant aspects to that message. First, that today their Savior has been born. For unto you this day, for generations, for hundreds, and yes, even for thousands of years, people were waiting for the birth of the Messiah for that anointed one, for that individual that was going to come. The announcement is, today, Christ has been born. A Savior has been born. Today. Secondly, the birth comes in fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. For the child is born in the city of David. Verse 11, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, David's city. We know that to be Bethlehem. It's even mentioned earlier in Luke chapter 2, verse 4, that, that uh, Joseph and uh, Mary went to the city of Bethlehem, which is the city of David, to be registered there. And uh, while they were there, they gave birth. Thirdly, and what we're going to emphasize this morning are the three titles associated with this child. For unto you this born is this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Three titles, each greater than the one preceding it. The first title for the child is Savior. Savior, meaning deliverer. First, in the line of descriptions of Jesus, is that he is the Savior. Savior from what? Primarily, Savior from sin. Savior from sin. Sin in its fullest manifestation. Sin as we think about evil. Sin as we think about corruption. Sin as we think about all of the negativity in this life and the world, all of the consequences, all of the, all of the curse of sin, even as we sing joy to the world, far as the curse is found, meaning all aspects of the curse, Jesus came to deliver us from sin in the fullest sense of that word. He came to deliver us from the penalty of sin. The scripture says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus Christ came to deliver us from the penalty of sin. He did so by dying on the cross, bearing the penalty of sin in our place. Because we had sinned, because we have failed God, because we have been selfish, because we have been disobedient, because we have ultimately failed to love God with all our heart and soul and mind and strength and failed to love our neighbor as ourself, we are guilty, punishable of sin. Jesus Christ died 
on that cross, bearing our punishment for sin. Not only did he die, but he rose again, being victorious over sin, demonstrating the Father's acceptance of that sacrifice, ascended into heaven, and one day is coming back. He delivered us not only from the penalty of sin, but from the power of sin. We were slaves to sin before we came to know the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. We couldn't help but sin. We were born in sin. We had a sin nature. But now, by the grace and power of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have the ability to live our lives to the honor and glory of God. Not that we'll be sinless in this life. We never will be. But we have the ability to choose to do right, choose to glorify him, choose to sing his praise, choose to do that which is pleasing in his sight. And one day, he is going to deliver us from the very presence of sin. He delivered us from the penalty of sin, He delivered us from the power of sin. And one day he's going to deliver us from the very presence of sin. When Jesus Christ returns to this earth, he will transform this earth. We are going to be changed when we see him. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we are going to be changed into a people. He is going to bring us into his presence where there's going to be no more sin, no more corruption. No more consequences of sin, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more tears, no more heartache, no more misery, because he came to deliver us from the very presence of sin. He's going to create a new heaven and a new earth where we're going to abide with him forever in total righteousness and justice and holiness, enjoying his presence and enjoying one another, manifesting full and complete love towards him and love towards our fellow man. He's going to deliver us from the presence of sin. A Savior has been born. The second title is that of Christ. For it was born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ. Christ is not Jesus' last name. He's not Jesus Christ. But it is a title. Jesus the Christ. Christos in Greek is a Translation of the Hebrew word Meshach or Messiah. He is the Messiah. That's what is meant by the word Christ. And Messiah literally means anointed one. Anointed one. The anointed one is the one whom God chooses. The anointed one is God's servant. The one whom God chooses and empowers to do his will, to do his bidding. It is that individual that for generation after generation was promised to the children of Israel that God would send, that would be the faithful servant of the book of Isaiah, who would come and deliver the people of Israel. In the Old Testament, we find that the Messiah is going to occupy three roles or functions, all of which are typified in the Old Testament. As the Christ, as the Messiah, 
as the anointed one, he is going to be prophet, he is going to be priest, and he's going to be king. The three main functions in the life of the nation of Israel were the prophet, the priest, and the king. And Jesus comes to occupy all of those functions for Israel. As prophet, he is the one that is prophesied that will come that will be greater than even the prophet Moses. One superior to Moses. As priest, he is going to come who is going to be superior to Aaron. No longer after the order of Aaron, but now after the order of Melchizedek, which means that he is going to be a priest forever and ever. He ever lives to make intercession for us. He's the prophet. God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spoken time past unto the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son, by whom he made all things. So he comes and speaks to us the word of God, but he is superior to any prophet that ever came before. For not only does he speak the word of God, but he actually reveals God to us. For in him dwelt the fullness of the Godhead bodily. For Jesus could say, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. He's prophet, he's priest, and he's king, ruler over his people. And as king, he is greater than King David. The David that the nation looked up to, the David that was in the high point of the kingdom, there was never a time that the kingdom was greater than under the rule of David, the great deliverer. But one is coming who is greater than David, greater than Solomon, Jesus said. He is the greatest king of all time. And then the third title is that he is the Lord. He is the Lord. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who's Christ Who is the Lord? What are we to understand by the word Lord? He is the Almighty God. He is God in the flesh. The angel had said to Mary that the Spirit would overshadow her so that that which is born of her shall be called the Son of the Highest. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. We think of three persons in the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. These three abode for all eternity. The Word of God, John 1 tells us that without him was not anything made that was made the Son of God, the Word of God, that Word which spoke the earth into existence. God said, let there be light. 
and there was light. That spoken word given by the Son of God, John 1, and the word became flesh. The word, the Son of God, took upon himself something in addition to what he already was. And that was he took upon himself flesh or humanity. The Son of God took upon himself a human nature. And in that humanity was born of a virgin. And they're celebrating today in the city of David. There is one who was born, who is Savior, Christ, and Lord. It is referring to his deity. Let me give you a quick tour of the book of Luke up until this point. I would just want us to see how the word Lord is consistently used up until this point. Look with me at Luke 1.16. First reference to Lord in the book of Luke. The angel's statement concerning the ministry of John the Baptist. Luke 1.16. And he, that's referring to John the Baptist, will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. The Lord their God. God is the Lord. The Lord is God. Mary's Magnificent, that we looked at last week. Luke chapter 1, verse 46. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. The Savior, the Lord, God. Notice in the immediate context, which to me is the most profound. Look at Luke 2.15. For there are those that would like to argue that Lord here does not necessarily mean deity, but certainly in the context it has to. Look 2.15. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known unto us. That God has made known unto us. The good news is that a Savior who is Christ and Lord has been born. That's the Christmas message. The shepherds glorified God for all that they had heard. Secondly, the the shepherds glorified God because of all that they had seen. Luke chapter 2, verse 20. They returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen. What is interesting to me is the order of this verse. 
And that is that they glorified God. And what really struck me about this is uh, it's, it's a passage that I have put to memory. And so when I was memorizing this, I kept making a mistake. And that was I kept saying, and they glorified God for all the things that they had seen and heard. Because that's the logical progression for the things that they had seen, because they see it first, and the things that they had heard. But the text reverses those two ideas. And no matter if you're using the NIV, the NAS, or the King James, they all preserve the correct word order. And that is they glorified God for things that they had heard and seen. And what they are glorifying God for what they have seen, they had seen some amazing things. They had seen an angel that just appeared out of nowhere. And lo and behold, the angel is there. And uh, the word that's used there is actually to be standing in their midst. Right there. Could have reached out and touched them. The angel's right there, just miraculously appears. They had seen an angel. They were engulfed in this incredible light. Can't imagine what it would be like to be out in the middle of a hillside, dark night, and all of a sudden, an angel appears, and there's this incredible light. No wonder they're saying, don't be afraid. And they probably were scared out of their minds. They saw a heavenly host. Angelic realm, praising and glorifying God. Can't imagine the sight of that. The beauty of that. The majesty of that. But what is a primary reference in the passage of what they saw is not the angel, it's not the light, and it's not the heavenly host. There is a specific reference that is given to us, and it's given to us in verse 15. Notice what it says. When the angels went away from them into heaven... The shepherds said one to another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. Let's see this babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Now notice verse 16 and 17. And they went with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Verse 17, these words, key words. And when they saw it, the scene, exactly as it had been described by the angels, this scene of a child wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. They had seen everything just as it had been told them. 
verse 20. So when our text says that they glorified God for all that they have seen, that's why the seeing comes after the message. They glorified God for what they had heard, and then they saw what they had heard. They saw the reality of this message. They saw the truthfulness of God, which brings us to the third reason that they rejoiced in this verse, and that is because the message that they had received was truth. They glorified God for the truthfulness of the message. The sign had been confirmed. They had immediately believed the message. They said, let's go and see this thing. Not if this thing happened. But as a result, the shepherds saw what the angels said. And as a result, the shepherds shared the message with others even as they were told. Verse 17, and when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. Different responses by different people. The people were amazed by what the shepherds told them, verse 18. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. Mary cherished the words of the shepherds, verse 19. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in the heart. And the shepherds' response was, verse 20, to return glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen. So my thought to you this morning is simply this. What is your response to the Christmas message? The central element of the Christmas message is this. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, a Deliverer from sin in the fullest sense of that word, who is the Christ, the one who is anointed, appointed, the servant of God to be prophet, priest, and king, who is very God, who is the Lord, the one who took upon himself flesh. In addition to his deity, taking on himself humanity in order to die in our place, in order to deliver us, in order to make us his own. Have you ever received the gift of forgiveness of sins that comes through Jesus Christ. If you have, what is your response? Like the people, do you just marvel at what has taken place? Marvel not so much in angels and in choirs and in great lights, but marvel that the Son of God would be willing to take upon himself our sin.
like Mary? Do you treasure these things? Do you ponder them in your heart? Do you just allow yourself to reflect on the great truthfulness of this passage? This isn't just a story as you think of a nice fairy tale. There are so many warm, fuzzy stories on television during the Christmas time. Almost none of them true. But they create nice, warm, and fuzzy feelings. We aren't celebrating a nice, warm, and fuzzy story this morning that is meant to communicate that God loves us. We're telling you the truth this morning of the very way in which God loves us, but God manifested his love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He came into this world to show us his love, to extend us his love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This is the truth. But to reflect upon that, and to recognize now that I have this incredible blessedness in my relationship with God. For Romans says, that he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? You have assurance of God's love and protection, welcoming you into his presence for all eternity because of the Lord Jesus Christ, if you place your faith and trust in him. Do you have the response of the angels who glorified and praised God for all the things that they had heard and seen? Luke chapter 2, verse 20. As it had been told them. them. You know, the, the shepherds glorified and praised God in this third point for two things. First, because the message was true. They had seen it, verified it, it was true. And then secondly, they glorified God and praised him because it was told to them. It was told to them. Now, it wasn't limited to them. I bring you good news which shall be for all people. And they shared it just even as we should share it and recognize that the good news has been given to us in order to tell others, not to stop there. The gospel message that we have heard, we are to declare to other people at this Christmas season. May we be careful to share the true meaning of Christmas with our relatives, our friends, those that we come in contact with. But then the last point is simply this. They're glorifying and praising God for these things were told to them. Be thankful this morning if you grew up in a Christian home. If you've known these truths for years and years and years. I've been doing Advent messages now in this church for 32 years. It means I preached 132 Christmas sermons. as I thought of this one this morning, all I could think of was how thankful I am that God gave me the privilege 
of hearing and understanding and believing this story when I was five years old. How that has changed my life. What a blessing and joy that is. Not everyone has the gospel. Not everyone has heard. Not all are born again. Even in America, yes, even in America, even in the United States, there are people that really couldn't explain the true meaning of Christmas. They might describe what happens on Christmas Day. They may even know some of the tidbits in the story. Probably some tidbits of the story that aren't even found in the text, like oxes and lambs and so on, that there's nowhere even found in the gospel accounts. But they don't know the real message. This morning, glorify and praise God that you have heard, you have seen, you believe. Isn't God good? And if you've never ever trusted Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, I invite you this morning, place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and maybe you are saying to me, I don't know what you're talking about. That doesn't make any sense to me. Talk to me afterwards. You don't have to talk to me immediately, but let me know that you want to talk to me. I'll set up an appointment at your convenience. But I want to sit down with you. I want to answer every last question that you have. I want you to understand it perfectly clearly so that you can rejoice in the real meaning of Christmas. But know this, know this much, that Jesus came into the world to deliver you from sin. You're a sinner. I'm a sinner. We're all sinners. That's why we all need a Savior. He came to be our Savior. Tell me today, You want Jesus to be your Savior. And we will sit down. And we will talk. And you will come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Which which would be the greatest Christmas you would ever, ever know. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you and praise you for the great gift that is given to us in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us to glorify and praise your name that today in the city of David is one who was born, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Thank you for our Savior. Thank you for our Christ. Thank you for our Lord. Help us to share with others the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, help us in our own faith in believing and receiving this gospel message, this good news 
of a Savior who has been born. I pray for any this morning who have never yet placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. May today be that day. Bless them, we pray. Glorify your name. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.